Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 188, part one of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and uh, thanks so much for being here today. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to read a listener review left on Apple Podcasts. Super stoked to even have some of these to read. Um, So let's get to it. The subject of this review is Creative Group Therapy, five stars. This interview is left by Di Blanca. Hopefully I said that right. The review says, Dave asks great questions and it's reassuring to hear the variety of answers. It's funny, philosophical. You'll laugh. You'll say yes out loud. This is my community. This is my work life. These are my struggles and my victories. I love it. D. Blanca, thank you so much for leaving that review. I'm super happy to have you as a listener. I'm super happy to have any listeners. <laughs> um, but thanks so much for leaving the review and taking the time out of your day to do that. Thank you. So this is part one of my interview with my guest today, who is Joshua Ariza. He's a freelance commercial artist and owner of Chomp Brand. During this episode, we talk about his time at Billabong, his time at Nike, and then the decision to kick it freelance, to go out on his own. We also talk about the person that really influenced his pursuit of design, how comics helped influence that. He tells us about the sock project that he was a part of that uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Justin Trudeau wore pretty those of you who don't know uh justin trudeau is the canadian prime minister it's like the president of canada you know just just for explanation we also talk about jack davis and mad magazine we talk about the never worried series that he illustrates he also comes out and explains jesus in a ferrari where that idea came from and what it's all about He tells us a little tool that he likes to use, the Photoshop brush that he uses to add dimension. And boom, I'm going to pause it there. That's the end of part one. Part two goes up tomorrow, and that's where we get into those challenges, that nitty-gritty tough stuff. But for now, let's get to the story, the beginning story, how it all began. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Joshua Ariza. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Josh. Thanks so much for being on the show today. How are you? Oh, man. Life's good. Life is always good. I love that. One of my guests gave the answer of, I'm better than I deserve. <laughs> and I thought that was unique. That was a good one. That was Ben Howes, actually, I think, just a few episodes ago. Howes oh, is yeah. that service. Good dude. Um, awesome. So I always ask the guests, and it's uh, kind of a yes or no answer. Are you ready for a quickie? <laughs> yeah, always. Born ready. Perfect. Well, let's start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Um, I'm Josh Ariza. I am a freelance commercial artist, art director, creative director, um, primarily known for illustration and stuff that gets printed on apparel and, uh, 
I'm the owner of owner and founder of Chomp Brand, which is a small, irreverent surf skate apparel line. Right on. So, how long have you been freelancing for? How long has it been a solo gig? Uh, I've been freelance for about seven years. Seven I years. Think I now. just crossed over the seven year mark. So long. That's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. Good for you. <laughs> um, and before that, studio life. What, what were you up to? Uh, before that I was a designer for Nike. I worked on Nike sportswear for women and I worked on the Nike action sports stuff, which is Nike SB formerly. And then there was another brand they had called Nike 6.0, which has been put to rest. And then before that I worked for Billabong. So I spent a lot of time kind of in the surf skate industry. Um, and then that was probably about the first half of my career and the second half of my career, I've been a freelancer. Perfect. All right. So you got 15 years or so in the game. Um, I want to rewind and kick it way back and ask you a little bit about your childhood. What was your childhood like, Josh? Do you feel you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this career path? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I my older brother, he was always drawing and drawing cartoons and stuff, and I wanted to be like him. So mm-hmm. I, I drew cartoons and stuff. And then, um, and then I went to a magnet school, which was uh, the school I was zoned for, but they had like a little program, almost like you would major in school where you took a bunch of AP classes that were all portfolio classes where you drew and you did ceramics and you, um, and you did, uh, painting and stuff. So I had portfolios and all those things when I was in, in high school. So it was kind of the only thing I was, um, only consistency. Like I've played lots of sports and, and done lots of different things, but my whole life, you know, it's either been music or, or making designer art. So mm. So you've kind of been circling around the arts. Did you have a parent or an aunt or an uncle who was that graphic designer or artist that could really show you what was involved with that world before you started pursuing it? Um, so my brother, he married um, into this family where the the matriarch, the mom, she was um, the head of a design program at Valencia Community College. Mm-hmm. And she was a person who really pointed, like helped curate what I was going to do in in college she told me which design schools were good she told me you know where i should interview and all this kind of thing and so early pre-college career i had basically a a working professional a professor who understood the school system and told me you know where to go and what to do Mm -hmm. and she's honestly um she's kind of like a like an aunt or like a second mother i spent lots of time with her so this is my literally my brother's (laughs) mother-in-law you would never think that (laughs) my brother's mother-in-law would have really guided my career but she's um her name's Barbara Peterson. So yeah, she Valencia Community College in Florida. And that's actually a pretty good, robust design program for a community college. You wouldn't you wouldn't believe, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I interviewed lots of different schools. And I so I was always gonna go to school for design. I'm just one of those rare people who knew what they were gonna do and like what they were gonna do. And honestly, I wasn't really scholastic ex- apart from the fact that my design classes I was always doing really well in. So um yeah, yeah, I graduated with three seven from college, which is just ridiculous. Like, I would never think that I would have done that because I'm not, you know, I'm not student guy, but like, <laughs> yeah, apparently, not I was. the academic guy. No. All right. So, what was you said? You always wanted to do design. There had to be a point in your childhood where that switch was flicked for you. I mean, everybody grows up, or most kids grow up drawing, grow up, you know, reading and exploring things like that. But what was the point where that switch got flicked and you went? Yes, design. That is it. Yeah, there's different like parts of. I wouldn't say there was a ne- necessarily like a pivotal moment, but you know, when I was a kid, I'm just looking through illustration books, you know, or or 
you know, comics or any of those other things. And I'm just riveted by what the line work looks like. You know, other people read comics and they'll be like, oh, the storyline in this one's great or the storyline in this one sucks. And I'm like, oh man, the way that this, you know, the gestures look in this thing is just so great. And that's just what I'm looking at. And so I w- when we had a comic book store near us, I would just buy whatever was on sale because I was a poor kid. And, you know, you know, obviously kids don't have money. So I was just looking through magazines and looking through through books because I really liked the way they looked. Mm-hmm. And then um, as I got older and got into the arts a little bit more, I actually thought for a moment that it might be a potter. <laughs> I thought <laughs> nice. I would throw pots and be like throw vases and stuff. And then yeah. subsequently, like if you do that job, you make like 20 grand a year, which is like, you know, <laughs> you can't just live on. You need a few more bucks than that. <laughs> yeah, so – yeah, you, I ch- chose not to be a potter, not to go to school for jazz. My parents were really supportive of whatever I was going to do. but um, And then just for like a real brief moment, I got into sociology in, in school. And so um, I I thought that I might be like a sociology major for a, only a quick second. And then, you know, shook my head and was like, I, did, I like it, but I'm, I'm not all the way interested in it. So then I, yeah, yeah design is just always, it's, it it chose me. It's just like a thing I've always been a part. It's just hard to explain. You know, it's like always been a thing I was going to do. It's just always felt right. And that is the path, whether you, you know, actively selected it or not, that's the path you always ended up on. And totally. Yeah. It's not even like a, you know, people are like, this is my, my identity lies in blah, blah, blah. And maybe it, maybe I am that, you know, I didn't really realize how much I hang my hat on making things or being able to do things or mentor people in design. And really design has become a lot about the way I look at the world and the people I know and the relationships I have. So mm. I don't know. It's like, it's funny. It yeah, really, man, this is what the quickie podcast is all about. Making you question yourself, big <laughs> <having> realizations. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, having epiphanies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Halfway through, I'm like, fuck design. Let's go do Exactly. Pottery. Sociology <laughs> and pottery. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. What, um, what stands out to you, Josh, is the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw while coming up and has just stuck with you? Something that stuck with me and, and you, so a thing that inspired me or a thing that I've made that, that, that changed me. If I say both, what you got? Okay. Let's say a thing that I made that changed me was I did some Star Wars socks for Stance, um, which is a, a, a sock company, a footwear company now, apparel company. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, they licensed the Star Wars stuff, and we did these little characters on socks, and those socks just became part of the cultural zeitgeist, you know, like The Rock was wearing them when he did <laughs> SNL, you know, like yeah. Justin Trudeau wore them to two business meetings and was photographed in the New York Times. Like, there's, there's this thing that I made that, you know, I made it, my office is, is nice now, you know, it's, there's no one in here, but it's, it's, it's a nice big office and, mm-hmm. and I furnished it. But when I made those socks, I was like, I was working in this upstairs office. I was paying $250 a month to be in this space. And my desk was like rickety and shitty. And I was just like, I was making this thing probably tr- undercharging by a ton, you know? And, and it became a massive, you know, national multi, you know, international thing. And it, and it, Clay Thompson wore them during the finals of one of his games. Like, so, <laughs> so not in the game, but like on the way to. And so there was that thing. And that changed me once you realize that, you know, design has design or storytelling or a thing that I can be a part of, you know, can, can make it to, you know, the, the culture. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I had designed stuff for Nike. So like, if you think about 
you know, the arc of my career, I've been lucky enough to design for big brands, but like I never, I'd never had something like that happen. So that, that changed me. So socks, uh, socks kicked it off. Socks, bro. Socks. How many people can say that? So socks didn't, uh, those things get copied all the time. Now there's literally like a brand, a, a brand at like Spencer's that copies all that illustration style mm-hmm. and all the knitted stuff. And it's, I saw it the other day and I was just laughing because I'm just like, I made those in my upstairs $250. <laughs> the old ghetto studio. That's where oh it used to so do it. Ghetto, and stinky too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> stinky. Nice. <laughs> and then, uh, things that changed me that I saw, you know, Asterix Studio back when I was in, in school was like a big – you know, now they're called Invisible Creature or something, and they all separated and stuff. But the stuff that they were making for album art was just blowing my mind. Super conceptual, you know, mm-hmm. execution in Photoshop and Illustrator was just like tip top. So I was just, I was really encouraged by the craft of people who were like, you know, older than me. They weren't just making nice looking things, they were making things that like I didn't know how they were made, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, whenever I see something that I'm like, how did this person make this? You know, like, can I make that thing? You know, do I have the chops to make that thing? Like, that's the thing I'm always, always thinking about. It's not really money. It's not really like, it's not really like, it's not even the thing of like where the star Wars socks became. It's like, can I be the person who makes, makes the cool thing that people don't know how to replicate? You know, that's the stuff that I thought Asterix studio was doing at that time, that time. So, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. That was pivotal for me. Definitely. And, you know, name dropping um, them is sort of a nice transition into the next question, which is who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow now? And what is it about them that you like? So there are, there are contemporaries. There are people who like, I love, I love their work. I'm sure they've been named on your podcast. I heard them before, you know, Clark or I love that guy's stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, The, Obviously, Hydro 74 when I was in college was a really big influence on me. Um, I like really detailed things. I like, you know, things that are take a lot of drawing skill to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, 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 most of my work, especially even in art direction, I'm including things that are way old. You know, there's a guy named Jack Davis who did a lot of Mad Magazine stuff. Jack Davis is yeah. incredible. You should look him up. His character work, his line work is really, really good. A guy named Phil Roberts, um, he's an old he's an older illustrator, not super old, but he's been in the surf game a long time. So Phil Roberts, when I, he did a t-shirt for Billabong and this t-shirt is a, you should Google this Phil Roberts skull t-shirt. So you can just look at it. And he, he did this thing for Billabong and it's like these mermaids and it's this underwater scene and far away. It looks like a skull, but up close you can see all these, you know, so first of all, I'm really seen like a really beautifully mastered t-shirt I was on the phone interviewing for Billabong as I was looking at this t-shirt in a mall. So I was like <laughs> literally talking to the HR rep and, and she, and I'm looking at this t-shirt and I'm trying to decide, like, am I going to take this job? Um, and I'm like, fuck, like, you know, this t-shirt is so cool. I didn't know you could make t-shirts that look like this. I didn't know that this thing existed. Mm-hmm. And Phil Roberts literally is the reason that I took the job at Billabong. So wow. I saw this t-shirt. It's so cool. It's worth seeing and worth even buying if you can find it. And and so ever since then, I've been – so Phil Roberts has been a major influence on me. I know him. I've met him a few times. Um, there's a guy named Bill Ogden who's a surf artist he's, who's really good. He's pretty recluse. So Bill Ogden, you should look at his stuff. And then um, other people uh, – sorry, I'm spacing on some of the older artists. But there's I, – I like a lot of the – 
the older surf artists, a lot of the um, the comic book artists, comic artists, satirical stuff. Like some of this Jags Davis stuff is just so funny and like clever, and the commentary is mm-hmm. really good. Um, oh yeah, another thing about Phil Roberts, I'm jumping around. His poster, he did the Detroit Rock City poster, which is kind of a sleeper of a good movie. And that poster was above my brother's bed when I was growing up. So I grew up, this guy made such an, I didn't even know his name, you know, like <laughs> until, until like he had such an influence over, over me. So yeah, I, I do look at the contemporary stuff and I get asked to make stuff that look like my contemporaries, you know, people want me to draw flat design just like every <laughs> other person is requesting right now. But the truth is, if you look through what I make for Chomp, you know, it looks more like Santa Cruz skateboards. It looks more like this silly, lots of detail, lots of dimension to it, a lot of black work, you know. So I'm, I'm not, no offense to people who are also designing now, but I'm not, I don't really look at trends in those same ways. I'm not, I'm not as interested, you know. No, for sure. And those are some great names. And Mad Magazine, man, that was like my go-to back in the day. It was oh such, my God. such a great magazine, like just so aesthetic man it's just like you don't see things like this anymore every everyone is chasing trends you know and i just like that's fine but it's really bad for brand building you know it's fine if you want to show that you have like your finger on the pulse mad magazine is a thing that you and i can think about nostalgic and we feel we feel like what it is we know know immediately like it's it's heavy on illustrations heavy on satire it's it's funny the tone of voice is very unique you know Mm -hmm. and irreverent and and those are the things that I'm always like kind of drawn to. And wasn't there a mad TV for a little while? There was a mad TV. I don't think I really saw it. I don't I really remember I much of it. But... It was. Yeah, it was kind of like a juxtaposition to SNL. Maybe Will Sasso was on that. He's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I like jokes, dude. I mean, that's like the other thing is like I just want to tell comics, you know, comics and stories and those kinds of things. Like I don't. Yeah. Um, and and. Especially right when I started my apparel line, there wasn't really a lot of, you know, there was a reverent stuff, you know, middle fingers on T-shirts, which is fine, but like there wasn't funny irreverent, you know, like just like I don't take myself seriously type of work. So that's what mm-hmm. I've always kind of been working on, and I do get asked to do things that people think are funny, you know, like so <laughs> it has worked its way into my portfolio. Nice, that's awesome. So, yeah, so part of your no, for sure, man. That's great. Part of your portfolio as well has been print and apparel and screen print and stuff. So yep. with that said, this next question, I want to dive into some of that. Um, yep. Tell us about how you've utilized print and packaging design in your career. Any stories or special projects using print and packaging that you can share with us? Um, most of, so I do a lot of brand and identity work and then I do a lot of apparel. So I'm an ex- I forget that I'm an expert in screen printing and apparel manufacturing. You know, like I don't really realize that I know all that stuff until I start to talk to someone who doesn't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, it, it, particularly stories, like one thing is like I I draw in such a way right now that it's meant to be printed, and I forget that a lot of times. Um, especially working on the web that you can use whatever colors you want. As long as the image looks good on the screen, the image looks good on the screen. And I'm just not used to that type of, you know, you know, silver spoon type of design, you know, (laughs) anyone who, who illustrates for the web, God bless them. They have the easiest job in the world. (laughs) So like I do, so I do this thing on like, on my Twitter every now and then I'm trying to use Twitter less because it's, I'm addicted to it. But the, I'll do this thing where I say, hey, what do you guys want me to draw? Here's some concepts I was thinking about drawing. One day, 
I was like, I'm going to either draw Jesus in a Ferrari or I'm going <laughs> to draw um, what's called the Never Worried series, which is usually animals and their prey and their prey is like not really worried about you know impending doom yeah um it's worth looking up on chomper and i have these you know never worried series but (laughs) i was like jesus in a ferrari that'll be hilarious i had just read this like article headline you know florida man drives ferrari into lake because jesus told him to yeah. I was like, Jesus in a Ferrari, Jesus take the wheel. That's the funniest thing I could think of. So okay, for, everyone's like, before you Jesus. explain that, isn't that hilarious how every odd news line where you're like, what the hell is going on there involves yeah. Yeah. man in Florida? It's, you know, there are weird <laughs> towns in California. I, mean, I live in California, but I grew up in Florida and that nothing really explains like how that you could be in a city and drive like 15 minutes outside of the city and see just rural people who you would think that they've never seen a computer. And so like, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's an interesting place, not places like this. So I'm drawing Jesus in a Ferrari, um, and uh, and I, I'm doing this like particular airbrush, like 80s style. I'm doing it in Photoshop. Um, if anyone wants to know, I just use the Dissolve brush, um, and I'm airbrushing over top of flat illustration. It immediately grabs dimension to it, and it's a really interesting way to, to illustrate. Um, and it's a long way to illustrate. And so... Um, I, I draw Jesus in a Ferrari, but I draw it the wrong size. Um, so I, I, typically if you're doing for screen printing, you'd be, you'd be drawing at 200 DPI. So, yeah. and you'd want to draw it the exact size. And that, that's because of the line screen, like can't mm-hmm. catch any more detail. Um, and so, you know, line screens like mesh count, you know, yeah, that's, totally. that's the, the amount of detail. And so a lot of people don't know that, you know, emulsion and all these other things, they, they come into place, so, which is why t-shirt printing can look really shitty, but an illustration can look really nice on a screen, but I drew it the wrong size. And, uh, and I sent it to my screen printer. Um, and I've been sending them these just complicated files where, you know, the index file has like eh, 12 colors or something like that. And it's, I'm sure it's stressing him the hell out. Cause I used to send him just like two color designs in Vector. <laughs> and so, so he's, he's getting it. And I just like have, we're halfway through and we're talking about trapping and, and how all the screens are supposed to go down because we keep changing the order to make sure the illustration looks right. So like, yeah. oh yeah, should white be second to last? Should white be last? Or should mm-hmm. black be last? And you know, and we're just talking about it on, it's Jesus in a Ferrari. And, <laughs> and like, I can't, my, my screen printer never laughed at the illustration. He never even commented that Jesus is driving a Ferrari. And just the fact that he kept stone-faced through the entirety of like printing this thing <laughs> And just he's such a professional and so like i don't know i, I just love the idea that we're commenting on this illustration like mm-hmm. which separations you know which line screen you know all this stuff that that should work for the screen print and, and he's not even commenting on how stupid the illustration is <laughs> you got to think like he's probably seen some stuff like he's oh, for sure yeah yeah but he's like he lives in what's called like inland empire he lives like far east of and there's a there's a type of person that lives out there a little more you know a little more into bandanas black you know tattoo culture low riders just way different than you know coastal people and it's just funny because most of the stuff that he's screen printing is for like literal guys with like who also tattoo <laughs> so <laughs> so he's he's got the jesus in a ferrari t-shirt work and he's got the tattoo skull black bandana stuff <laughs> <laughs> Love it. just blends in just mixes it all in yeah uh, yeah for sure that's awesome so jesus in ferrari became a shirt became sweaters became yeah yeah it's called it's called take the wheel i'm sure there's some yeah yeah you can find it on i think it's being sold into retailers right now but when you can find it on the chomp brand site on black and white um so 
people don't understand it when they see it, but they think it's funny. But yeah, it's just based on the Florida man headline. Beautiful. That's awesome. I love that story. All right, Josh, the next few questions I have for you, take you down, uh, or drag you through the dirt a little bit, bring up some tor- horrible memories. And um, that's just what we're about here. So, yeah, yeah. A couple of tough questions and then we'll spin it around and we'll end in a happy spot. Sure. Uh, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of answers. I'll give you the answer that I know is allowed to be on the podcast mm-hmm. and then maybe we'll edit out the second answer. FYI, little teaser, I'll just uh, chime in here. I didn't edit out that second answer. We left it in there. But if you want to know what that is, you're just going to have to listen tomorrow. Part two goes up tomorrow. Thank you so much for your time and listening to part one of this interview. Come back tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss part two. See ya.